Hello and welcome to episode 206 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. There's some competitive racing this weekend with York, Sandown and Chester all featuring on ITV this Saturday. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of the weekend's racing action. Plus we hear from Wally Pyra who looks ahead to Sunday's Twilight Meeting in Hong Kong. Not long to go now until the wonderful week of Royal Ascot and Bill we're going to do a daily podcast as always as we do for the big big meetings and nothing much bigger than really than Royal Ascot so watch out for the uh, Punter podcast every day of Royal Ascot coming up next week uh, and the weather we've had gr- great weather for the last couple of weeks now we've had good to firm going we've had firm going but it's all going to change a little bit with rain expected that over the next few days and into Royal Ascot itself we we could be getting you know a bit more towards the the good I don't think we're going to get good to soft though are we no no I think it's 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 always hard to tell um this time of year when it's warm and you get that kind of incremental weather when you suddenly could get 20 30 mils dumped out of nowhere like we had a few years ago you know the reality is that without the rain they'd be putting five six seven eight millimeters on them I mean, they put 15 millimeters on the other day mm. um just to keep it at a good firm good in places uh so look there is rain in the forecast but Ascot know that and they're going to kind of monitor their watering accordingly i mean how much rain they're going to get we'll only know really as the weekend kind of matures but it's monday tuesday wednesday there's it seems to be rain dry rain dry you know, it doesn't look like that much at the moment, but that's famous last word. So we just have to watch this space, but it makes anti-post punting that bit tricky. Um, yeah. You know, I saw a few firms, a uh, non-runner, no bet. Um, William Hill, I think, a non-runner, no bet. I thought True Shan at kind of 16 to 1, I think he is, for the, for the Ascot Gold Cup's interesting because they won't run on quick ground when you get your money back. And if it's soft, it certainly won't be sixteen to one chance. So that was probably a good bet. But I think it'll be quick ground. I, I, I'm not sure there's that much rain in the forecast, and I'm working on the basis of of of, of a quick ground basket. Was was Desert Crown the shortest anti-post gamble ever? Where it worked well on the Newmarket Heath. They changed the jockey, put Frankie on board. Big gamble. Twenty four hours later, takes an injury. Non-runner. That went well. I know, so disappointing. And uh, no one came out of that particularly well. And I felt sorry for Richard Kinscott. And it just, yeah. it was a bit of a mess, to be honest. And, um, you know, whether Frankie will squeeze his way onto Bay Bridge, I'm not sure. But if it's rattling fast, quick, Bay Bridge might not run either. So, so, so they can repeat the trick. They can get Kinscott off that and put Frankie on, and then there'll be a non runner. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of, lots of twists <clears throat> to come over the coming days. And of course, Whirlpool. Are there for the whole week of Royal Ascot with those unique markets, the the, the Quinella and and the swingabouts that we have over here uh, going via the tote. That's that's really going to change the amount of money that's going into the pools, isn't it? Yeah, just a, it's a major injection of liquidity, and you know I think we've got some guests on the podcast next week from the tote, and they'll give us more detail as to the volume that's that's being pumped into it. But there'll be some real value, and we'll try and look for that value on all our daily pods next week. We'll try and look for some. Um, you know, big prices on the Whirlpool and also big prices ahead of, you know, we'll be doing these races kind of nearly 48 hours ahead of each each day. So yeah, um, yeah. hopefully we'll be able to sniff out some value. And the Australians are over in town and they were working at Newmarket, they're working at Ascot, the 
ran there, uh, did a bit of work on the track, and they seem to be really impressed by the, the state of the ground. But of course, for Australia, they'll like it a bit firm and fast, won't they? Yeah, totally. And then you've also got Wellington from Hong Kong. Yes. He, lands, he lands on Monday to his assignment on Saturday. So there's, as always, there's, uh, and the Americans, we must forget no. all the all the Wesley War flying machines. So yeah, there's there's loads of loads of um, runners from all over the world, as you might expect this week. Well, we look forward to it. Don't forget daily podcasts from the City AM for Royal Ascot starting. Next week, it's all going to be put together and there'll be interviews and special guests, etc. alongside Bill and myself. We look forward to that, as always. Great week of racing, which probably tells you that this weekend's not going to be massively high profile because most of the best horses are now being kept for Royal Ascot. But there's competitive racing coming up this weekend. We've got three meetings. We're going to have a breeze through. We're going to start at York with the two o'clock, mile and a half. It's the Queen Mother's Cup. A handicap for the female amateur jockeys. It's a good to firm up at York. They've done pretty well with their watering. There's 15 runners going to post. Kiava is coming over once again from Ireland for Adrian Keatley. Having won a couple of times. One at York and then one over the uh, the jumps from Market Raisin. And a great day for the female amateur jockeys, Bill. Yeah, it, it's um, it's a it's a you know a, a perfect way to start the weekend. Big field as well. And, you know, all eyes will be on Kihava, as you said. Good jockey in the plate um, from the town end stable and come over from Ireland. So, you know, she's she's very talented. Um, Kihava is, has won twice at York, funny enough, over a mile and a half, won at the back end of um, of uh, the season before last, won in May, May 22 and also won back um, uh, at York, two starts back in May 23, mm. <clears throat> both over a mile, mile and a half, which is the same trip today. And look, there's lots to like other than the price, if truth be told. Uh, when Kahava won in May 22, that was off a mark of 79, um, repeated that trick, as I said, last month off, off 81. It's now got to do it off 86. Since won at Market Raisin, one impressively there, bound to run his race, but it's just a it's just a price thing. Seven to two is a, is is a bit skinny. Um, I'm prepared to take him on, to be honest. I, I, I want to take him on with Saratoga Gold, Charlie Hills, his horse, um, ridden by Kaylee Stevens. I don't know too much about Kaylee Stevens, if truth be told, but I, one thing I do know is that Charlie Hills' horses are in really good form. This horse rattled off a sequence of three wins at the back end of last year in August and September, over a mile and a half, on fast ground at Newbury, and then decent ground at Epsom. Um, finished off last campaign with a good fourth to Tritonic, uh, Goodwood over a mile and a half, on rain-softened ground, but with the likes of Goshen and Ajero, and Tritonic finished in front of um, him that day. That's that's really good form. May have needed the run on his reappearance uh, at Newmarket last month. Was a good third to Adjuvent um, in that race. Um, that was, you know, flattened out a bit late on over a mile and six. I think the return to mile and a half will be no problems. And I thought Saratoga goal each way at seven to one was really rock solid and a perfect way, hopefully, to start the weekend. There's another good field at 2.35. For the seven furlong handicap, darkness will be popular here for David O'Mara, having finished second twice now at Goodwood and at Epsom as well, and not beaten very far. Short head, 
and half a length. Eligibles taking them on with the Liamati dreams for Carl Burkyard is going well. Saeed's got wild lion cheek pieces on first time. Do you not feel that when Charlie Appleby has a runner, they're over bet, and when Saeed has a runner, people don't give him a second glance sometimes? Yeah, it can, can often be the way. And actually, Wild Line was the one that kind of my eye was drawn to, particularly with the first-time pieces. It's always always something that kind of catches your eye with bit, side bits of all horses. And Wild Line's a horse that probably goes well fresh, so hasn't run since February. That's a, that's a plus. Um, he's a bit of a monkey, you can tell, just by looking through the form book, that he's he's not straightforward. He, he can throw in good runs and surround them with terrible runs. But the key might be the application of first-time pieces, Mm-hmm. Bit of a break. Um, Kieran, Kieran O'Neill's a good jockey. Um, lots to like about Wild Lion. He's <laughs> around eight to one each way. Very solid. Darkness is the obvious one. Um, around five to one. Second, both his last two starts. Very straightforward. Goes from the front. Um, looked shorter of one at Epsom. Two starts back and got reeled in late by Spanish Star. And looked to have got the job done at Goodwood back last Sunday and got reeled in by Mr. Bluebird. Loves fast ground. Loves seven furlongs. York, good front runners track, gonna be there. I probably played Darkness uh at fives, Wild Lion at eights, probably put them in a forecast. Uh that's the way I'd play it. But it's a it's a good race, but I'd be darkness and white line. At three oh five, the race over the Ebor trip of a mile and three quarters, and it is the race to the Ebor Grand Cup stakes, the listed competition with seven runners and Isra in there for Shadwell for the Gosdent and Jim Crowley on board, of course. Shorehead second at Newbury in May, not t- too long ago, and that El Rey Antics, that was a group three. That was a really good performance just behind Asco on that to a particular day. Quickthorn goes for Huey Morrison, Roberto Escobar outboxing there as well. Uh, Israel has brings in the best form and what not the top rated though, one eleven is rated. Yeah, good, good trapezoidal races. Um you know, so it's, it's a proper kind of Ebor trial, and you know you've got uh, Isra and Quickthorn and and Roberto Escobar. They're all around two, three to one. Uh, you can make a case out for all of them. Um, Isra will go off favourite most likely. Um, really good run on his reappearance. Just got touched off by Haskell, who's sadly been retired. But that form's rock solid. Bolshoi Ballet third, and Yabir fourth. Uh, a reproduction of that run, if he stays, will make it very hard to to beat. It's just a question mark of whether he stays. Um, the pace will be Quickthorn. He'll go out from from the front. Um, we'll make sure they go a real good gallop. We'll probably open up a bit of a lead into the straight like he's done here before. Um, it's just whether Roberto Escobar or Israel can pick him up. Uh, the ground's going to be key here. If the showers all miss, and it's good to firm, um, I suppose there's a question mark as to whether it actually um, it all run, but you know, don't forget that um, Quickthorn was second to Princess Zoe on in the Cigar Estates in Ascot last year. So fast ground isn't wretched for him. And look, it promises to be a good race. If you put a gun to my head, I'd probably go with Israel because I think he he looks like a horse that might end up being a proper Ebor horse um, by Muhara out of Tegruda. I mean, immaculately bred. You couldn't get better breeding than that. And uh, yeah, his form looks rock solid. Ha- Haskoy, um was going to be a leading player in the Ascot Gold Cup and the likes of Yabir might still be who finished behind him. So Israel gets the vote for me. Now in the 340, it's a six furlong handicap. With a maximum field here of 22, so 
big field, big prices. I feel I need to make sure you have medical assistance with you when when you talk about this race, because I'm going to mention the horse that's going to bring back a few memories for you here. That's Quinault, who's trained by Stuart Williams. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, Remember this yeah. one now, yeah. Now we did a podcast a few weeks ago. Just before, it was about the probably the 18th and 19th of May, and the horse you liked at the time, and you saw that it actually ran on the day we did the podcast. So. He's not going to run on the Saturday because that was the Thursday night. He'd won at Newmarket on the Thursday night uh, at what uh, six to one, good grief! And then he ran on the Saturday, and you thought, oh, it won't be a winner because he won't run. And he won again on the Saturday at nine to four favourite, beating Washington Heights again at Newmarket. It's back again now. So is this one of the horses where you go, that's it? He's he's had his chance with me. I can't tip him now because now he's going to let me down or, you, or you're going to go in. It's a tough race, though, isn't it? Well, it's the old expression, if you miss the wedding, don't go to the funeral, isn't it? That's the one. <laughs> I mean, he, he he's rattled off a sequence. Look, he's he's going to be favourite here. Um, he's on the fast upgrade. He's now on a mark of 85. And we're just at a point now where, you know, he began this winning sequence back in a- April off a mark of 59. Yeah, and it's just at what point the handicapper catches up with him. I mean, by the way, he won at Newmarket last time. It doesn't look like the handicapper's quite there yet. He's put another five pounds of coal on the back. Whether that stops him or not remains to be seen. But it's just a value thing. Look, this is a really good race. <laughs> I'm amazed that all of these are actually turning up and not not going to Ascot or whatever. Because it's it's you know I know it's a valuable pot, but. There's some really smart horses in here. Um, it's a 50 grand to the winner prize, so that probably answers the question I just said. But um, look, there's horses like Quintus Arias and Catch the Paddy and Washington Heights, who was second in that race to Pinot um, last time. Um, but there's a few horses I like here. I, I do like Millstream, the top one, for Jane Chapelheim. Um, he's a horse who was really good last year. Don't forget, he finished off fourth to Chaldine. Last year in the Acom, uh, having previously finished a close second to Noble Style at Newmarket, um, probably needed his reappearance run behind Little Big Bear. The market told you that it was a big drifter, but look, he's just lurking on a dangerous mark under 100. And Jane Chapelheim, such a good trainer, I just thought Millstream was hugely overpriced at 14 to 1 with Coral, so he's on the short list. And the other one, I was kind of tossing a coin between Rabar of Charlie Hills is, is around 11 to 1 and Eminency of Clive Cox's and I came down on Eminency of Clive Cox's because I gave him a chance earlier in the season um, he caught the eye a bit at Kempton and then they went a bit too quick when he was third to Queen Ola at, at, at Newmarket and was again third at Windsor last time but this horse is a bit keen and the strong strong pace that they're going to go here they're going to go really quick might just set it up for a closer who stays and if Eminency doesn't get too far back I thought at 14 to 1 he was, he was a serious player. So I'm going to go Millstream and Eminency both each way around the 14 to 1 mark. Let's have a look at a couple of races at Sandown on Saturday afternoon. 2.15, a mile handicap. Another good field here, 13. Bodigan's going to be popular for Charlie Hill. has got Will Buick on board, lightly raced. He's had four runs, had one win. That was over seven at Newmarket. New Dimension and Dutch decoy are in there as well. Charlie Johnson in great form at the moment. That's one of those owners group horses. So great for the syndication. And uh, Helm Rock's in there as well for the Kublers. A little tough race, the 215. Yeah, t- tough race. And there's been loads of money all week for uh, Bodogan or Bodogan of Charlie Hills, is who is another one of these horses that, that 
you know, caught the eye back end of last season at Newmarket, and then was a good, good close up fifth to, to Covey on his reappearance. And yeah, look, he he looks a well handicapped horse off eighty seven. Looks a very likely winner, but he takes on an interesting one in New Dimension for the Stout Ryan Moore combo, who probably didn't quite see out a mile and a quarter when we last saw him in action at the back end of last year. And it's just interesting that he's stayed in training. And they probably think he's well handicapped off his current mark of 89. Uh, and I thought that 7 or 2 Bode Bo Organ or 5 to 1 new, new Dimension would probably go New Dimension just on Valley Grounds. It wasn't a race I had the strongest of views on. But yeah, I'll go New Dimension. And then a 250 from that five furlong sprint course, the Scurry Stakes, a listed company. With a field of nine, great state for informed Richard Fahey and a nice double at Beverly last Saturday. It's got a Sheen Murphy on board. Horse that's uh, rattled up three wins in a row at Southern Thursk and at York. Perdica's in there for George Bowie, who always seems to be in the winner's circle. And uh, she won recently as well. Tajana goes for Roger Varian, lightly raced one. Both of his races, always tough to find these sprinters on that what I always find, a, a, a tricky course at Sundown. It's you know just slightly different than the rest of the tracks there, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it is. And look, you got two or three decent ones at the top that take out most of the market. Great State um, and Tajala, the two Colts, and, and Padika, the smart filly. Um, I actually felt that they were closer in the betting than I thought they might be. Um, Great State is getting better with every run has rattled off three wins on the bounce, including at York last month when um, he just quickened nicely away from Pillow Talk, who weirdly has been out and been beaten since Shanti behind Perdica. And that's probably why <clears throat> people are putting 2-2-2 two, two, two together mm. and going for the George Bowie um, filly here. But I don't know. I, I've just got the feeling that we haven't seen the best of of great state yet. Um, Tajala's two two from two for Roger Varian, but you know, it, find this a, a lot different from Hamilton, where where he won last time. And look, he 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 might be smart, but he's just got a bit to prove on the on the top two. And um, particularly, she's loads of experience. She'll give great state a proper run, but I thought they'd be further apart in the market. I was taken with the way great state got it done at York last time. Fast ground will be no problem. Okay, great state for you then in that Sandown race. Let's look at one that's on the TV at Chester on Saturday at 320. Seven and a half furlongs for a handicap that normally wouldn't worry about the field size, but seven and a half at Chester, you, you do worry about the field size because of the draw. And, and there are 12 in this race, so that's going to make it really tough for some of the horses, in, independent of their form, you're going to have to be drawn really look one to five one to six or something or or you just need so much luck in running there you'll definitely need luck in running i was looking for your friend baldman i normally find baldman in these seven yeah they ran him in the group race last years. week didn't they so they i know they did yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, his handicapping days may, may just have gone um look man of eden's in good form uh will be on plenty of short lists will be favorite for this um Look, he was he was in all sorts of trouble here when we last um, at Goodwood when we saw him in um, action last time. Uh, Man of Eden. Uh, look, he's he probably should have gone a bit closer that day, um, but you know, backing horses that find trouble anyway isn't a great thing. And 
if he found trouble in Goodwood, he's definitely going to find trouble here at, at Chester. And like you said, the draw comes into this. Tavrige is definitely not an 84 horse for the Haggis team. Um, he is a horse who caught the Ibine scholarship first time up in April when we saw him at Newbury and then kind of missed the pop and ran into it and got going really late at Goodwood last time. Whether he was madly in love with the fast ground and all the track remains to be seen. But when he saw daylight, he flew, he closed down. I'd say Urban Sprawl had three or four lengths on him at the furlong pole and um, he closed right down to to within less than a length and a half or whatever it was, a length three quarters at the line. That was a good run, but it's a price thing. And both of those two are taking out the the you know the joint favourites at the time of recording, kind of four to one, seven to two in the places. And look, of the two, I'd probably prefer Tavridge, but Sophia's Starlight is the one I'm going to go for. Just on the simple ground is that this is a horse who... She is in really good form, very keen from the front, will have no choice but to bowl out from trap two. John Egan rides this trap brilliantly. She'll stay well out of trouble. And there's enough in behind to cause enough angst for the likes of Man of Eden and Tavridge, who, who, who may well <coughs> mow Sophia Starlet down late on. But at sixes, I think she's just a bit more value. And I think she may have just stolen a march and we could easily hear Stuart Machen if it's him saying this bird might have flown um, because I think Sophia Starlight might just get away from them and that may be the value call at 6-1 to So they like the twilight meeting so much in Hong Kong we've got another one this weekend on Sunday morning they start at 9 o'clock UK time at Shartoon Racecourse and we've got 11 races to look forward to. Wally Pyra was just talking to me beforehand about the weather, where they have a deluge of rain. You think Kirkland Telwright would be happy in Haydock with three mils? They're getting 100 mils over there, Wally. <laughs> yeah, I was, I just, I couldn't believe it that, at, uh, I mean, there was a, a hold up at Charlton last Saturday for over an hour. Um, the horses are down at the start. I had to come back with the thunder and lightning and what have you. That was delayed an hour. And it was, I, it was, I, I have to, I had a chuckle when I saw that at Happy Valley on Wednesday, um, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, they had had 100 millimetres of rain, a deluge on the track. But such is the irrigation and the track conditions they have in Hong Kong. I mean, they could probably bring it over to the UK that, uh, that, Come come race time, the the, um, the going, the surface going was yielding, and by race three, the um, description had been changed. The official description had been changed to good, and the times were all under uh, under average. So incredible. it That's just incredible. shows, yeah. yeah, it just shows. Anyway, it looks like there's going to be rain. There's still forecast for this weekend in Hong Kong. So it's in the lap of the gods. But I can't talk about it anymore because it becomes so boring. But as you said, there's an 11 race card um, on Sunday. There's two on the all weather. The feature race is the 1235. It's a class two seven furlong handicap worth £260,000. We'll talk about that later because we've got to talk about Zach Purton. He's the, he's the man to talk about at the present. And that's the only race he hasn't got a ride in. 
But Curtin's got 10 rides on Sunday. It's it's the talking point in Hong Kong at present, whether or not he's going to be able to surpass Marrera's record of 170 winners that he did a number of years ago. Curtin's um, currently on 151. He needs 20 to break that record, but it's now becoming difficult. And there's only nine meetings left. He's dropped behind the board of two winners a meeting to get him past it. He's now dropped. He only had got one at the Valley on Wednesday. And it does get very, very difficult. It's the end of the season, as I say. Nine meetings left just a month ago. This is when the owners definitely get onto the trainers, give them a pretty a lot of jip that they need a winner. Mm. They need the winner to pay for their horses. And, and Wally, you, you know Zach very well from your time in Hong Kong and even after. Do you think he's, the pressure gets from when he starts riding a slight different kind of race to, to try and get those extra winners? Or is he pretty level-headed and can just carry on? When he was riding them against Marrera, he was a bit like the cold eye assassin and the pressure did tell on Marrera. This time, it's, I think he, I, I think if I spoke to him now, he would say, no, I'm not going to get the record. It's too difficult. It's too difficult. But nevertheless, in his mind, he will want to do that. Will he ride any different? No, I actually, on this occasion, don't think he will. I think he will do his best. And if he, a winner's a winner, and if it's not, it's not. He knows that most of his horses are over bet because he's riding them. So he doesn't actually take any notice about if the horse is twos on or three to one on. It doesn't put any extra pressure on him like it would with other jockeys. So I really don't think it does that much. But he's right. He needs what I would call a red letter day, and especially probably, well, especially at Charlton on Sunday. He's got 10 rides. As per norm, most of them are going to be at the forefront of the uh, the betting. I look down. The 10.30 rides a newcomer called Packing Bole for Danny Shum. It's a newcomer. He's got a very big reputation. He's had the track watchers purring in the last couple of months with its work. Um He's won his last three tile, uh, trials with uh, with the jockey sitting motionless, Burton, on it. He'll be a very short price favourite. But I think he's probably got a big danger in that race called Speedy Fortune from the John Size Yard, who produced a very, very impressive speed figure when he stepped up in trip to six furlongs last time. He's a big danger to pack in Bowley. He rides an unpredictable horse called Flying Magito in the 11 o'clock for David Hall. David Hall, stable in form, had three winners on Wednesday. Was unlucky when he was second last time out, when he wasn't considered fit. He'll obviously be much fitter on this occasion, but he's a bit of an unpredictable horse. Another one he rides in the 12.05 Simple Hedge for the John Size Yard. 
favourite backers could consider themselves, well, they will consider themselves very unlucky when he got left three or four lengths last at the start last time and came dashing through at the closing stages. He'll be fancied, strongly fancied. I'm interested in a horse there called Chili Barber. He steps up in trip. He's the one for anybody that's looking for any each-way purposes. I think he could run well. And then later on in the card, the 105, he rides a horse called Gummy Gummy on the dirt. Um, now, this horse, I mean, first up, first up Purton and the trainer, uh, Benno Young. Purton's got the best record on the all-weather surface this season. Benno Young is lying second to Frankie Law as the most winners on the all-weather surface. Stick these two together. Mm. I mean, they've got a record, just a record this season, of 36% win mm. strike rate. So that's telling you what happens when Young, Benno Young and Purton get together. This horse, Gummy Gummy, one last start. He's worse off at the weights with a number of his rivals in this race. But what I liked about it was he had to work so hard because Purton wanted to get him in front from the mm. off. Mm. And it took him a bit to do it. He worked hard. And then in the closing stages, had enough in, enough in hand to repel the challengers, the late challengers who were coming through the cavalry charge. Mm -hmm. And in fact, one in convincing fashion. You think if he gets an easier run from the start, he'll probably have plenty in hand. I would say to anybody who likes the old each way hopes in in these races, have a look at the Casper Founds horse, Sugar Fugger, Sugar Sugar, who makes his debut on the surface. He's a pretty good sprinter. Got Alfie Chan in on the um in the sand. Not a great draw, but I think if he gets a trouble-free passage, he looks in a good each way play in that race. And finally, Purton rides um flying ace in the 140. Um, it's a horse, a sprinter that got an injury, was off for a long time, coming back to form. But he has got a lot of, I think he's got a lot of weight, actually. And again, looking down at the bottom of the handicap, a horse called Northern Beaches with Chadwick aboard has got a good each way uh, play. Now, just very quickly and finally, we need to look at the um, this Class 2 handicap at 12.35, because he's yep. got some good horses in the race, including Flaming Rabbit. And I've said that, you know, supporters of this horse last time out, including myself, could be, um, could have been queuing up in the, pay in the payout window because he looked home and dry yeah. when Lyle Hewitson dashed to the lead, went clear, ridden the perfect and enterprising ride on this horse and then got collared right on the shadows of the post by Tuchel and Purton. Now, he drops down in trip. He's running against similar operations, so you would think he's got a big chance of compensation. My only little worry is about this horse. I think he's going to be better over a mile plus in the future. This is seven furlongs, and I'm worried that he may get collared again. 
The opposition includes Eremos, won three out of his last or three out of his last four races, two of them on the all weather. He's he's in top form. Um amazing victory, always runs a good race. The golden scenery, the usual suspects. Yeah. But I yeah. want to give a chance, one final chance to the uh, Casper Foundsall's Galaxy Witness. He's one of these horses which you follow over a cliff. Huh. And I've done that a few times with a few horses this season. He again ran well last time out over this course and distance. But what I like this time is that the pace is going to be genuine. He won't be a slow sprint in when they turn into the straight, especially no. with the uh, flaming rabbit. So he, to me, is the horse that could go well and probably will be at an each-way odds. Thanks, Wally. Good luck with those selections. Thanks to Bill for his contribution as well today. And don't forget, next week, Royal Ascot will be back with daily podcasts. Watch out for those starting on Monday all the way through every day of Royal Ascot with special guests, interviews, exclusives. It's going to be lots of fun, so make sure you join us when you can for the Royal Ascot Week and the podcast on a daily basis on City AM. We look forward to all of that. And don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips. And you can follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released.